Hi, everybody. Hi, Nicole. No, just tonight. Hi. She is. Hi, I'm on okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. No, just tonight. She is tied up with other things. So, Nicole She's excused her gal. for. She's so working gal. Working, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if, if any anyone, if any of her employers listen to this, she uh, she is de- certainly putting her other job first. Yes, hundred uh, percent. <laughs> yeah, the one she gets paid for. So tonight we are doing our host pick episode for the month of January, and it is Nicole's turn. Real quick before she tells us what we watched, post pick is uh, we do it once a month. One of the four of our, us hosts pick something for the others to watch and it can be a regular movie or it could be you know a documentary youtube video uh tv episode just something that's streaming on one of the major streaming platforms or otherwise free online around movie movie length or shorter uh they pick it and we talk about it more loosely than our usual structured episode uh nicole your pick what do you what are we watching um so this time around i chose um, Pan's Labyrinth, which was directed by um, Guillermo del Toro. And I bet that if you brought up his name, this is probably the movie that most people n- know. I mean, if you said his name, I would probably think of this one, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Water. Unless that's the only one. Yeah, that's the only other one. Just because he won yeah. Oscar for that. But I would, yeah. I would say Pan's Labyrinth was his first big, like, not his first big, but he has other movies, but like his most famous. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out a lot more recent than I thought it did. I thought this, I literally thought this was an 80s movie. Um, I literally so... thought it was four years old. So I think that says a lot about, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think it was like 2014, 2016, something like that. And then I was like, oh, I'm wrong. I, I was between you guys. I thought this was like a late, ni- a late 90s movie. I thought this would have been like 98, 99. So, oh, we're and, all you so know, wrong. none of us are none of us are right. No, and you know, <laughs> watching it, you still can think that any of those options are valid. Honestly, yeah, I, I've never seen this before, and I know a lot of people have a nostalgia for it, and it's I think it's in that same category of cult classic films um, for a lot of people, and I'm sure that a lot of things that have been made have, have sprung from this style or design or idea. So I was definitely intrigued that it was online and I wanted to watch it. Yeah. I have seen pads labyrinth once before couple, a couple, many, probably many years ago, I guess around when it came out, uh, and it was on TV, so it had ads, and I think a couple of scenes were probably edited because uh, there was some very graphic violence in a few oh scenes my. here. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I my memory of this was fuzzy. I remembered the things most people remember about this movie. I won't spoil them until we're in spoilers in a minute. Uh, but Mama Kay, had you ever seen Pans before? I haven't. I have actually been um, actively avoiding this film since <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, actively avoiding since two thousand six. Um, I just or 2014 according to you right it's you know it blends um yeah I when it when it was winning when it got Oscar buzz and it was winning things I uh looked into it because I thought it looked fantastical and kind of beautiful um and then once I really delved into it I'm like this is not a film for me so but I watched it for this podcast does not have uh the stomach for horrific things and Guillermo often throws in some creaturey kind of stuff. I'm not a big sadist. Uh, yeah. Let's put it that way. 
I don't think you have to be a sadist to enjoy a I'm Guillermo just... film. Well, <laughs> following a bloody civil war, young Ophelia enters a world of unimaginable cruelty when she moves in with her new stepfather, a tyrannical military officer. Armed with only her imagination, Ophelia discovers a mysterious labyrinth and meets a fawn who sets her on a path to saving herself and her ailing mother. So, that sounds interesting. I bet a lot of people know this from the, the couple of memes or, like, the creatures in it, but they probably don't know the actual story of it, which is that. Uh, so, if you haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, you want to go back and experience. We're going to spoil it here in a few seconds. It's on Netflix, so go check it out if you have any interest before we spoil it. Uh, no rating system on this show. It's just whatever the host picker wants to uh, talk about. So, Nicole, do you what? What do you? Where do you want to kick us off? What, what What do you want to discuss about this? Um, I think I want to gather from the group what your immediate reaction to this is after watching it. So, just give me a brief one sentence feeling about what you thought of this. Go ahead, Mama K. I know that there will be visions in my mind of this movie forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I, I, I buy that. Um, right. like, like a one sentence thing. Um, it's got a lot more going on than I remember. And it's about as good as I remember. Mm. Okay. I will go. Yes. I fucking hated this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone, any host pickers ever hated their own pick before. I think this is the, I think this is the first time, and we've been doing this. I think this is like our eleventh month doing this. So I think this is the first one where the picker hates their. I didn't know you hated this. I watched this with you. I knew you. Uh, you know, this wasn't you weren't loving you, it man. like you were hoping. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I didn't know you hated that. What? Why did you hate this, Nicole? Um. Well, firstly, I, I have to say, I I too am not a fan of. I didn't. Okay. I'll preface it by saying I didn't know how fantasy this was going to be. Obviously, I don't. I didn't know anything about it, so I chose to watch this because I don't. I didn't have a background on it, so I didn't know how fantastical it was going to be. Right when we start to see the creatures, I am completely disgusted and detached from the rest of the movie because I, like Mama K, cannot stand nasty-looking things <laughs> and like that are made by prosthetics i can't and yet you take... picked this <laughs> you... right well i already gave my preface that i didn't know okay i knew there was the one guy with the arm eyeball hands okay oh, but right. i didn't didn't know to go Maybe deeper and realize creature. he was literally a slug with a vertebrae like i didn't know that okay wait how did um, you know about him i mean i'm missing a part of this because i don't know any memes associated with this i i, I don't know memes about it i think it it's just, just shows up places though like everyone knows the, the the fawn like the guy with the horns yeah and i didn't know him the, and the pale man the, the one who has the eyes in his hands i feel like i don't know either gonna... one of them through that though i mean i know the horn guy just... because he was you know on the cover or whatever so i think uh. just me watching things growing up of the greatest movies of all time and the top 20 oh, best okay. tim uh jim henson things and this comes up as something that's modeled after you know dark crystal or whatever he does you know like they all they all <laughs> fall yeah. into those categories <laughs> but they all fall into the categories of these shows that i like where yeah. it's like look at the prosthetics and try to make these amazing creatures and they use these things as references um gotcha. so gotcha. that's definitely where i've seen the eyeball hand man so 
Um, yeah, I didn't know he had that kind of disgusting, like, saggy body either. So that was gross. <laughs> but anywho, um, the story itself, I feel like it could have been better because I was more interested in the actual story of being in the war and having the rebels come in and seeing this disgusting captain be so cruel to his wife and, and her child. Um, that was more interesting to me than her mythical world because all of those creatures gross me out and I hate stuff like that. And I should have known better. Hmm. Yeah. You had anything to pick from and you only knew the creatures and you, <laughs> your least favorite part is the creatures, which is interesting. But, oh, uh, I was being a little brave, I guess, and trying yeah. to get past that feeling. I respect well, okay, that. You... I mean, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you, 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 I was going to ask you next what you thought of the creatures. So, Okay, yeah, well, the creatures. But I, I would just want to say I want to respect Nicole for going outside of her boundaries and sort of, I mean, this is a big embrace if that's your, if that's not your jam. <laughs> so uh, for me, it, the creatures don't really bother me. I'm not... Um, not really too much there except for maybe the one time when he one of them like eats people did that happen in this movie the yeah pale man a, uh eats the fairies eats a couple fairies yeah and even then i was yeah. like well it's sort of just like creature on creature violence i'm okay with that what is disturbing for me is actually the the pieces of the storyline that you know the the thread that runs through uh with the father the stepfather and i can't all i can see the thing that I, if you said this movie to me, I would think stabbing a man in his face over and over and over and over again. That's oh, what's going to yeah. live with me about this movie. And the I... bottle sma- or it was like a bottle smashing. His- That's the part I was like, I don't think I remember this being on the in- on TV. I'm pretty sure they edited that scene down quite a bit. <laughs> they had to have because that was revolting and. Uh, that's sort of i think if you don't i mean i'm not gonna i don't want to be a champion for this movie right now but i just want to say that if you're seeing that on regular television you're really not getting you know the depth of Mm -hmm. his cruelty and sadism without i i think he's he comes across as a bad dude and a really bad dude and kind of a you know bad sadistic dude but until you're seeing something like that like that is a really heinous uh thing to do to a person so um and the fact that the guy was still alive for a little bit until he wasn't um spoiler but if you get stabbed in the face too many times and then shot repeatedly you're gonna die so um, yeah that's what i think i point out to nicole is like they fucking love the double tap in this movie because like yeah. you see like war movies <laughs> and people like get shot and they go down every time someone gets shot in this and they're boom, on the boom. ground like pretty much dead everyone just walks over and shoots them again no matter who it is i'm like wow everyone maybe it's just a spain thing like they just love shooting people again yeah i just want the last the last laugh i guess to say they took notes from Zombieland, which came out after this but double tap (laughs) maybe yeah Zombieland influenced by pan's labyrinth yeah that's Um, right (laughs) so that's my that is my thing with the movie it's not really an issue with the creatures i don't have creature issues Interesting. I would have thought the pale man really got to. I mean, I guess sounds like it got to Nicole more. I. I mean, I. He doesn't bother I like, me at all, honestly. I don't know why. Because I, you know, what? Actually, because the person that's a man is so much worse than the creatures. They just. Um. The... That's true. I'm more disgusted by the Minotaur thing, Centaur, whatever the hell it is. He I was a like... he was a crispy boy. He made some crunchy sounds. I don't like his face <laughs> at all. And it was like, Wait, are you talking about the him. main ghoul, the main bad dude? Yeah, the fawn, or not bad dude, whatever. The fawn, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's very... kind of bad, but not really. Like he's like a, you know. I'm not sure what. I mean, he I guess is. he's not bad at the end. Well, 
it was like a test. I don't know. We can get to the end in, in, in due time. Which is actually sort of the beginning too, but yeah. That's true. We do see the beginning at the end, or the the end, end the at the beginning. Uh, yeah. The end at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I, like what I said, uh, my little thing was there's a lot more going on than I remembered. Um, you know, what sticks to your mind is the creatures, and the creatures I think are a very small part of this, like way smaller yeah. than I remembered because that's the stuff that like because the, the real story is the war story where you know this this woman is pregnant with uh this horrible captain's uh baby it's a civil war going on in spain and uh, they're going to the fort in the woods and she's gonna live with this guy because he's gonna like take care of her i guess and then you know the father the shoot the real father died and this girl can't like handle it so she escapes into this fantasy world because she picked up a rock and put it in a thing and the fairy came out but <laughs> she called it a fairy from off the top it was like it was it's like the old medieval-y fairies where they're not like we're used to like fairies like fairy like uh, god yeah tinkerbell god godparents not yeah. like the olden <laughs> like like these because the olden day versions of fairies are like insect reptilian little creatures like they're much right. more uh they're not not as humanoid and that's kind of what you get in in this but uh, i i like I like the main story quite a bit, and I kind of wanted more creature stuff, more entanglement. They obviously like parallel as we go, like the two stories parallel pretty well. Um, but I I wanted more creature stuff. I, 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 but I you know I still quite enjoyed. Yeah, I mean the two worlds do not collide for me in the sense that I don't I don't understand how easily this little girl can slip into these two different worlds, and it's not causing that much of a problem the only problem that it caused is that she had to keep that little screaming bug underneath the bed that was you know and like that was the only thing that i saw like there's so many say that room must smell so bad no <laughs> kidding that nasty milk but Ugh. i couldn't tell if mercedes the housekeeper i couldn't tell if she knew about this world or if she was just you know, more keen on keeping the little girl, what's uh, Ophelia, safe. That was very confusing to me. I mean, we can see that uh, Mercedes had other intentions at working at the with the captain. Um, you know, uh, rationing the food and all that stuff to the rebels. And I just am confused by all of it. I'm confused by who can see what and how. The, the how the one world how the like um the labyrinth world is corresponding to the real world i'm not seeing the connection well she can't she's the only one who can see it no one else, i don't think anyone else can see the labyrinth world because right. we the only times we see anyone else around when she's in the labyrinth world it's i think at the very end and we see the captain can't see the fawn right, um, when he's chasing but, her into the labyrinth and yeah right not as much labyrinth in this as I as I thought either. Like, uh, you know, really, it's <laughs> no. They showed just... it three times. That was it. it weird. The main gripe is not enough labyrinth in Pan's labyrinth. <laughs> not enough labyrinth in Pan's labyrinth. Uh, but like, there's the. Uh, I, I think that this stuff all work like fits pretty well. Or like, it explains stuff uh, for the girl's story. Like her dress. Don't get your dress dirty. And then she goes and fights the the toad creature that throws up an egg yeah. sack thing with a key in it and then her dress is dirty and then yeah you know, but not from that so what how is that explained no but like it's just it it goes it go like the the fantasy story goes along at the same time 
as the as the real world story like the, she puts the the baby the baby creature in the milk under the bed with the blood and the mom gets better and then as soon as she ever, she gets found out and she throws in the fire that's when she bleeds out from trying right. to give birth and in the she ha- at the end when she has i guess we're, we're talking about the end she has to sacrifice the newborn baby the blood the blood of the innocent to uh to become the moon spirit and like live forever or whatever the fawn wants uh she chooses <laughs> she chooses not to do it and then the guy and then the guy shoot shoots her well, so it really I feel like seems, it all... and it, it really seems like the end all be all here is that she's supposed to die so she can get to be with her mom and dad again and right. if the mom didn't die because the mandrake was burned. She wouldn't have ever gotten to the end of the labyrinth anyway. So it's just like a paradox. It just doesn't make any sense. I think the ending because of that is a little problematic. Um, if she just wanted to go be with her dad, who's already passed away, then that makes sense. But it, you're right. It does predicate. It's predicated on the fact that the mom dies and that she can and she go has to yeah be with. Yeah, she can I think the whole ending is kind of disturbing as it is because like the girl dies and like it's supposed to be like I guess like a heavenish kind of place. Like she's this kingdom, and the the fawns there, and like you passed the test, good job. But like it just seems like she died, and like this is like, uh, like her like f- like in in my in my I know it's a fantasy movie, but in like my science brain, I'm like this is like the brain's last moments, uh, fueling some sort of fantasy thing before it fades off into non-existence. Like it just, it feels a. Uh, it's 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 like a, it's supposed it's conveying a happy ending when really the guy I mean yes the captain does lose in the end like the the rebels win but uh, she the, the girl dies and I well, don't she's think it's probably like, better it, off because she would have been left with the captain who was trying to kill her first off or Mercedes who doesn't have very much she she probably doesn't get paid very much all those women that work in the captain's quarters and her the only person that she had was her brother who was still um a soldier so well, i think with the captain rebel. dead she can go off with the rebels with her yeah. and the re- remaining rebels and have a chance at a better life somewhere else in spain because we're really only and in- you have to realize that the, the rebels win this war so i mean uh general franco dies and he remains dead and the rebels are the ones who take over spain at the end of this situation so that's yeah of the w- real like that of the, the real, real life event. thing mm-hmm. and i think that this is like those the last minutes and this is the desperation of the captain and his people although they seem to be in power they're really not in power because they're getting they're they're losing their asses in this war and they're gonna and you know looking back from knowing what happens they're gonna lose so um i think that that's it's kind of a bummer that 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 that's what happens because the girl does sacrifice herself. I mean, she is the blood of the innocent too. It's not just the baby. So I don't love that. That's why I I think, I I don't know how it could have ended. Yeah, no. Well, we see at the beginning that, I mean, I guess, you know, she could have not died, but that's the only other choice is she doesn't is the gunshot doesn't, kill her and the fawn goes like the fawn being like not like a double agent but like oh you passed the test the whole time like that just feels like the whole time the fawn felt like it was the fawn pretends to be your friend and at the end demands something like you know the fawns throughout the whole thing is like kind of a dick like he's like doing all these he's like real forceful puts all these things on her she eats a couple grapes and he's gonna like you know let her mom die like there's just and then you know at the end you you have to uh, just a little she, he says it's just a little prick or whatever on the baby like he's not gonna she's not gonna really bleed it out but right. the, the, for, the for the fawn to be like in the in the 
in the hap like king, the heavenish place at the end. It feels weird. It feels like a weird a weird way to end. Well, isn't he right. just like her spirit guide? Yeah, but I, I thought it, him. That's the worst him, spirit guide ever. <laughs> I mean, he yeah he let, he led her to her death in you know in an indirect way. <laughs> I mean, if you want to say like the whole thing was a, was a fate thing, then the mom the mom was always going to die, and she was always going to die. Well, I was... think that that would probably be the best outcome, only because we see how like tyrannical this guy is to the family, and why would we want the girl to go through that shit without the mom? Why wouldn't you know? Yeah. Is, is she more at peace if she's if she's dead with the, her parents and can see them in this world that they're in? But if it's a fate thing, then the fawn also knows that the general dies, and so, you know, although the girl right, she doesn't have with... to die too. It's not like her sacrifice is, like saves anybody. Like she just gets killed by the cat. The captain, well, I assume, would have died anyway. Yeah, but it the captain the wouldn't save the baby from who? The fawn, who is not fawn. real. Yeah, but who is not real, or who no one else can see? The fawn is like metaphorical. Like the fawn isn't like you know really there yeah but i kind of get the feeling that the fawn is real like this is that that's how you have to kind of believe in this fantasy world that these things do mix and that the you know the storylines are running simultaneously but they're also seamless into one and you know going in and out of one another like the mandrake you know under the bed and and you know all of it is uh that's true and the pale guy like live the the pale guy lives like under the floorboards basically like when she comes out she like is back in her room when she gets out of the out right. of the the his his like cave or whatever but like that the, the, in, in the real world the baby was in no danger like had she had she had the captain not killed her like the captain was gonna die anyway but because the captain gets killed by the and the captain doesn't want the baby dead the captain wants the baby alive right. so maybe this like, is a she, story about saving the baby literally saving the baby from the captain i don't know i feel like she she didn't have to die for the baby to get saved and the captain to die it's like her her death doesn't doesn't uh she didn't die so something yeah. could happen only yeah. in the fantasy world where she saved the baby from the fawn but you know i don't know how much the fawn could really do anything like you think she has yeah, schizophrenia you... well that's what i just said i was like she's schizophrenic because... <laughs> but i think Maybe like this... any time that there's a fantasy world like this she could probably Kids got good imagination worlds, like you know, kids kids can imagine. Well, even me and you, Brennan, when we were sitting there, you were like, "Do people, like, do children really have this kind of imagination?" And I said, "I guess because I never had these." Like, we just watched *Bridge to Terabithia*, also, and that's a movie that I love, but it feels more—I don't want to say realistic, but it feels more well thought out. Well, I, when I said that, I mean, I, I had an imagination. Like, as a, like I imagined things in the trees and fighting things when I was, like, a little... I don't know how old, but I don't know. In comparison you used to write stories, is. Brennan. You had, you I had still write fantastical stuff. stories. I'm just saying, that's, great that's, that, that comes from somewhere, so... Yeah, I, I, a, I, wrote, a I, wrote a, I wrote a version of, uh, <laughs> of what became... What's it called? Uh, that Seth Rogen food movie. Um, Sausage Party? Yeah, so remember I wrote a I wrote that book uh, in like seventh grade food fight about the oh, set yeah. the set uh, sentient food oh, well, that you lives. You better call up lines and the fridge never made it. Oh, I'm sure it was just parallel thought, but technically, <laughs> Lionsgate. I... <laughs> I like 
Call of Lion King. <laughs> no, I would say I had I. That's parallel thought. I mean, I I had the idea technically first because I I wrote that in seventh grade, and that would have been years before Sausage Party came out. But uh, yeah, there, 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 there were there were similarities. The the except in that the uh, the 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 they were in living in someone's house, and it was like an old couple, and the old couple were like uh, like an urban legend to all the all the cre- all the creatures in the in the fridge and the. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, pan, uh, pants labyrinth. Um, oh, pant- pantry's labyrinth. Pantry's oh, labyrinth. God. But yeah, no, when I was saying uh, creativity, uh, like it was when she was telling the story to the bait, like the baby in the womb, uh, oh, and she's and she's she she told like this big long story, and I'm like. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, I can't tell any story like that. And the way she tells it is so, like, once upon a time and everything works. And when I'm telling a story, it's, like, what I just told about, like, it's just how I just told that story about. <laughs> it's it's rambling. It makes no sense. You can barely follow what's going on. Like, I don't know. I, I, that's that's what I meant. Like, she But there are people this. that are storytellers like that. I mean, did, sometimes there are people that are, like, or verbal storytellers and people that are, you know, that can write things and um it's just different i don't know i it I, i've been a little fantasy is always difficult for me because i don't you know i watch a movie like this and then i'm like what really happened like did she die at the end and if she did why like why did that happen why that was my because whole thing she believed, is that... because she believed in a fantasy world she died and i'm like that's an awful awful thought <laughs> i thought it just, you know is... when you say it like that it is kind of disgusting <laughs> well it's her I escape mean, into her escape from an, well, that's the thing is her escape from an awful situation is also awful like her fantasy world is a nightmare like it's not like a good fun fantasy world all the creatures are gross and <laughs> trying to hurt her in some way but the thing the preface for it is that you get the feeling that things weren't so bad at one point i mean i realized the whole state was under a state of, of war and, and disobedience and all of that but that her life they were clearly you know upper middle class or middle upper class because they were driving around in cars and he was a captain and um and her life before that seemed to lead them there somehow so it's i don't know it just seems why would somebody like that have these kind of thoughts and the moral of the story for me with that is it's really looking at this girl and contemplating on how Is she better off in this miserable life with this guy or is she better off the way that it ended, but knowing that she had the feeling that she was going to be reconnected with her, with her parents? Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't, I mean, we don't have to talk this one to death then, I guess, because uh, we don't, there's not a whole lot, uh, it's, there's not a whole... It's really misleading when you look at, I'm telling you, when you look at this on Netflix or whatever, and they show the guy um with the eyeballs and for some reason in my head i'm thinking you know pre-watch that this is going to be some fanciful this guy's going to be doing a jig up and down the thing and and fun and musical and songs and obviously you thought that you saw that pale man and you were like i can't wait for him to do his dance number like this is this isn't like monsters inc it's not, like it's not also okay. guillermo del toro i mean <laughs> I mean, he reminds me. He kind of reminds me of like. Well, to be fair, there was some dancing in a uh, in um, what's it? Shape of Water. She danced with yeah. the fr- frog, the frog uh, man. The, it ca- he yeah, kind of reminded me of Lizard like Voldemort, man. and you know how 
how fanciful that those movies are like you know there's always there's a little bit of magic and you know swirling around i'm just uh, you know i'm just spitballing things um of what i I was thinking the same thing yeah of what i thought could be but no it's just this guy that doesn't talk whose saggy tits are flopping around on the table (laughs) and he's walking around trying to kill her i'm like okay this is not how i thought this was gonna go This is interesting. It's an interesting way of looking at it because I think that I'm very much more uh, concerned with like actual man and real life, not what could possibly happen in a made up fantasy world or a supernatural situation. Um, Well, they didn't didn't call it Pan's Spanish Civil War. Right. (laughs) They did not. (laughs) Maybe they should have. Captain well, that's the thing. Like you, when you, you you don't remember about this movie is, I mean, maybe maybe you do when you're watching it with adult eyes. When I watch it as like a teenager, I remember creatures, and that's like what sticks with you, and that's what people. I feel like if any, if you, like we said at the beginning, if, if you think of Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. anyone's going to think of the goat or guy, or they're going to think of Pale Man. Like first, you don't think of you don't think of the general doing things, or we need to talk about the doctor. We need to talk about there's a lot of like, visually kind of like interesting transitiony stuff in here. Um, which I and that's the thing is like I, I it is, doesn't sound like I'm talking about it. I I enjoyed this. I liked this quite a bit. It just wasn't the movie I, I remembered it being. Well, but, the story uh, of the, the I don't I don't really like the ending, but other than that, the real people's story is really what's the most in- interesting thing to me. And you know, I actually forgot about the whole doctor part until you just said it. But um, yeah. I like that part of watching these people go behind the backs of this like disgusting captain to try to benefit the rest of the people and you know you can he knows he obviously knows about it when he goes and he um takes the key for the ration box and doesn't give mercedes the um permission to take care of that anymore because he's suspicious and unfortunately for those two the doctor and and mercedes his suspicions were true and he went to go and he killed the uh the doctor like that's it's just this that's a more interesting thing about this to me and it, it i don't think it was supposed to be well isn't the par- well you said that also the the world don't parallel the keys that's another thing that parallels you got the the yeah she finds the key in the to- the toad uh, in the oh, toad guy uh, and that, then he- that went over my head well, then also she <laughs> takes the two grapes, and that's what makes the creature come to life. Right. He finds the the two the vial matches the doctor's vial, and that's how the doctor gets that killed. Seems so. like a stretch. Is that real? Did they, someone write that? <laughs> I just thought of that. Like I thought of that as another. I mean, I'm I mean, sure. He ate I don't think fairies. that's an accident. Like was that a thing? He ate There's, two He's two feet. Like oh my god. He has two <laughs> eyeballs. He's putting in his hands. Ah. Oh. I think. That, right, I think whatever. the grapes. I, I think the. I think the grapes was more like her, um, although she seems to be obedient, that she's not. And not only is she not obedient to the captain, but she's not obedient to um, the fawn. And by not being obedient, that's how the movie ends. You know what I mean? Like, she's not if she didn't, uh If she didn't take those two grapes, mom, mom might not have died and she might not have died. Because that's what sets off the chain of events. Well, women are terrible, baby... and it's all Eve's fault. And yeah, well, if she didn't, ta- if, if if she did, if you know, like uh, taking the apple out of the garden, like if if you did, she didn't take those two grapes, the two yeah. fairies wouldn't have gotten chomped. The fa- fawn yeah. wouldn't have renounced her. They wouldn't have found the bowl of the milk with the creature in it, and maybe mom would have survived. And you know, you see, you see this uh, how this all plays out. 
the creature was a mandrake, very much like Harry Potter. So yes. the squealy yes. thing under the bed was a mandrake. And that's what they were in Harry Potter. That's right. Making that HP connection. All right. Well, very, very good. Any any other things you want to bring up, Nicole, before we kind of, I think, I think we're really we're the drain on this one. <laughs> I was really interested in hearing what you guys thought. I thought Mama Kay, honestly, I thought you're going to be more scared of all the gore um, because I was perturbed by a lot of it. And I think that's just where my disdain for what I saw came in because I don't like gooey and I don't like weird <laughs> pr- prosthetics and I don't like horse man with no nose i don't like that kind of stuff it, it skeeves me out so you know I, I gave it a chance because i didn't want to be that person anymore and um yeah it still stands so <laughs> it's just right. curious well. of what you guys thought <laughs> can i say something i really what i did like oh yeah i'll just finish with what i did like i the way um i think the filmmaking was great you're talking about a movie now that I thought was six years old, but we find out is currently 14, 15 years old. And I think whatever they did with uh, CGI prosthetics, all of that for both of those heinous creatures and even the frog, I was actually very grossed out by the frog. Yeah, that was that was it (laughs) for me, because I was like, that looks almost appealing and revolting at the same time. So I, I don't know what to think about that. I think Um, Nicole took something like that out of my ear the other week. Ew, Brennan. <laughs> I'm leaving. We should in. have ended this. I feel like episode. this movie feels like it looks 30 years old. But I guess, I guess it all looks as old as we th- we thought it was, <laughs> even though it wasn't. I think I think it might look like that, but I think that that that's not. I think that's sort of by design. I mean, there's it's supposed to be over a hundred years old, or no, it's not. Sorry, maybe it's supposed to be 80? 70 or 80 years 80, old. 80 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um and. I think that you feel, I, uh, for me anyway, I feel the the earth in that movie. It's you know, it's all encompassing and it's always dirty and it's always yeah, that's icky true. And mm-hmm. and you feel like where the people live and you feel, you know, I could see that the bed that the mom is laying on is hard as hell, and then she's got this gross milk drunk. I don't know underneath it you know keeping her alive it's like I felt all of that I mean so he's what his whatever he was designing to do uh that worked it's just not my cup of tea as far as um people being brutalized and uh being you know knifed in the face mm-hmm. you do like war dramas though too so I don't really you know war drama yeah and war dramas though I mean I don't I'm not big on super visceral things and that's what this this is you know, I think some of it's a little bit like uh, he's doing it because he can and he's going to see how far he can push it. Um, I think some people had that same problem with like Shape of Water, that it was too far for uh, some people. And um, I just I think he's I think he's got a really strange imagination. It's a gift and I'm glad he's using it for kind of good and not evil kind of good uh i yeah, yeah. i the, my favorite part about this is how everything looks like every like this is yeah. it got up for a bunch of awards not just for oscars but like for a lot of in, different international uh award stuff too and i think cinematography is always the award that either won or got pointed out as like the most noms and that that's right to me the best stuff about this movie is i like the way everything looks and i think it is by design the, yeah. the blend of prosthetic and cgi like i don't think he's he even if he could make it uh i guess glossier or like like more seamless or like i don't think he would and i think we saw that still with shape of water like that 
it only has it's not like whole worlds it only has one creature in it but that one creature very much looks like the like it lives with the other Guillermo monsters yeah it so. does right yeah yeah and i think that's the best the best stuff the best stuff in this um the war stuff the, i like the war stuff story too like it's still a, it's still a good story the only thing i really don't dislike about the story part is the ending i don't know if it just didn't uh finish strong for me i guess but i still like this movie quite a bit i might like it more than shape of water because i didn't love shape of water i thought shape of water was okay but uh, i loved shape of water i'm a, i'm the only one that i know in all of the world land well, I mean, it won Best world. Picture, so I mean, I'm. I'm talking about my world. I, you know, I did recommend for people to see it, and they were me- big mad. So I like, uh, I did like when Michael <laughs> Shannon ripped his rotting fingers off. That was nice. Yeah, I figured that might be one of your favorite parts. Right, this any, one so good. Anything else, uh, Nicole? Before we wrap this one up? Nope, all my shit's dying right now, so I'm ready to roll. All right, so that <laughs> is Nicole's pick for Pan's Labyrinth. She went out on a limb. She was brave, so that's a uh, give her give her points for that one. Um. And uh, oh, before we go, just just as uh, she did text me her thoughts, uh, her one note thought, which is typically about as much as she says in the host pick episodes. It's uh, she said it was a cross <laughs> between Pirates of the Caribbean and Ella Enchanted. So there's your there's your very just did not watch the movie. She watched the first third, she said, <laughs> and then she stopped because. She had work, and then she job. Thought, yeah. She, yeah, she was like, she was, and she was kind. Of, she was like, I'm. Kind of, she didn't think it was that bad. She was kind of enjoying it. She said for an, for an old movie, um, because you know, 2006, very old to Jess. Um, but uh, yeah, there's Jess's contribution. All right, uh, enough of Pan's Labyrinth. We've got a couple more 2020 movies. We're wrapping up in January, as well as our top five episode, where we go through our top fives of the year, talk about some of our least favorite movies too, maybe a couple of other superlative. I don't know ratings and figure out the structure of that show, uh, and then we're gonna go on to some listener suggestions uh, because now you know stuff is wrapping up. Only a couple more 2020 movies left. If you have anything to recommend to us, yeah. films with the women in my life on Facebook, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Podhost. Instagram tournament currently going on. That's our 2020 movie of the year. My Instagram for more info on that. It's uh, quite a battle going on. Uh, you know, you can also email us. <laughs> filmswithwomen at gmail.com and on twitter at filmswomenpod all right thank you guys for being on thank you nicole for making this uh this pick yeah thanks nicole yeah until next time this is brennan signing off and thanks for listening and enjoy thanks for listening to films with the women in my life if you enjoyed being a listener in our life please rate and subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.